Welcome to the Low Carbon Business Podcast, the home of future thinking enterprise. For the innovators, the dreamers, the grafters, the progressive entrepreneurs, business is changing. It's taking more responsibility for its impact on the environment. With smaller firms being a creative wellspring for this shift, more and more SMEs are showing that being green is good for business, as well as doing good for the planet. We discuss global challenges from a local perspective, explore green technologies, new business models and sustainable supply chains. Tune in for useful tips, insight and information about how to improve your bottom line whilst making a positive impact on the planet. Let's jump in. 69% of businesses don't know how to measure their carbon footprint. Time to get carbon savvy. In this episode, we chat about how your company can save money by being more efficient with energy and resources. But just like your balance sheet, managing your environmental impact starts with keeping account of your energy use, waste and emissions. In this roundtable episode, our guests are Phil Mason from Tidyco, Sarah Ball from Balls to Marketing, Liz Pasture from Derby City Council, Ian Bates from East Midlands Chamber, and Bruno Galotta from the University of Derby, led by Fred Patterson from the University of Derby. Okay, um, I'm going to turn to um, Phil and Sarah initially um, to get this conversation going. What have been the main incentives for your business to invest uh, in all of the energy efficiency measures uh, I, I know that you have, uh, you have uh, set in? As far as I'm personally concerned, for for us, it's it's doing the right thing. It's not about it's not about the money all the time. It's it's doing the right thing because you think you should be doing it. And I think that's the ethos we have in our business. Yes, when you sit in front of the shareholders and and the other directors, you have to tell them why it not only is a good thing, but the financially it makes sense. But I think the driving force for us to get it to that point is that we're already looking at it because it's the right thing to do. And as energy prices go up, we are now reaping the benefits of making the right decisions for the right reasons, which now turn out to be even better reasons. So it's in the business, it's throughout the business, it's the employees in the business, they drive it as well. It's not just about me or the other directors, it's about the whole business being engaged with doing something. And I think that's, you know, one of the, one of my many sayings, and I've got lots of sayings, it's, it's nice to say what you do, but it's more important to do what you say. And I think that's what my ethos is as well, is you can talk about it and produce lots of documents and things like that. But let's just do it. And I think once the ball starts to roll, the momentum starts and then you just keep going. And I think that's what we've done as a business and, and I continue to keep going. And when you can't see the next stage, then I'm going to get somebody else with different eyes to look at it again and say, what can we do now? Until every academic in Derby tells me there is no more you can do at this moment. And then I'll look somewhere else, I suppose. But, yeah. Where does that sense of purpose stem from? I don't know. Really. <laughs> I can't really say where does it stem from. It's, it's, our, it's our conscience, isn't it? As, as human beings, you know, with, with children and grandchildren and employees and, and things like that, you, you want to do the best for everybody, don't you? It's not, 
you know, everyone says, oh, it saves money or it's, it's, it's money orientated. What do the figures look like? The figures will look after themselves, but we, we all have consciences, don't we? We all, you know, it's all right to shut your eyes and, and do nothing. But in, in my opinion, we've been doing this and I've been doing it and pushing it for probably 15 years at Tidyco. And, and, it, and it, I keep pushing it. And before people were pushing, you know, people asked me about what does zero carbon mean to you when you put the first panels on the roof? Well, nothing. No one ever mentioned zero carbon. No, no one mentioned half these things that we're doing. And, and people now start, you know, the academics come out with the circular economy. What does that mean? Well, I walked around the shop floor with an academic yesterday and spoke to four people and they have no idea what you're on about. So, but they know about what they're doing and they know they're saving money and they're doing the right thing and that's enough for them. So our ethos is if I cover my roof with PV panels, I can't put any more panels on. If I change every light in the whole factory over to LED, I can't do any more than that. What are the figures? Well, they're the best I can do. And and people often say to me, you know, what what are the figures for your, for your lights? What's your savings? Do you know what? I don't really know. All I know is I can't do any more because I've put the least amount of lights with the best lighting system that I'm told that I can get, then what more can I do? And if I do the same throughout the business, then that's enough for me because no one's going to say, you know, you have to make a new roof to put more PV panels on. I can't do any more. So do the best you can. It is driven by money and it is driven by time. And I do get that. I'm not saying that businesses should just do more because they should do it. Yes, it is going to take time to do it, as Sarah and I both know. Getting PV panels on the roof is time-consuming. Doing lights is time-consuming. And Sarah and I believe it's the right thing to do. So when we get fed up with the amount of time it takes and stuff like that, we keep pushing on. And I suppose maybe that's our ethos. Maybe the, the bit that we do that bit extra is that bit where we think we're bloody-minded people. I'm speaking for Sarah now. <laughs> People often call me bloody-minded, tenacious, whatever it is. It's that you can't tell me I'm not going to do it because I will do it. I will find a way, and that's what I, I like to think we can do. I'll Let's, get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring Sarah in on the, on the same question about the, the, the incentives for use at um, uh, investing in energy efficiency measures. Yeah. So I think from our point of view you always have to look at fabric first. So you have to look at your building before you can put any energy efficient measures in. And I think because of the way that we work, we're a marketing agency that specializes in glazing. We've got a huge amount of experience in actually understanding what a U value is, um, how you make a building airtight. So we understand a lot more than the majority of people. And because we're very interested in architecture and building, construction, and the methods of doing those things, I think it, we come to it from a, a different place. But I don't come any less bloody-minded than, than Phil. It's, you have to be tenacious. If you want to make change, you have to facilitate that change. And the first people that facilitate change are always the ones that have to do more. 
And I don't think I'm a pioneer, but I think I'm on that upward trajectory. So when you're looking at your bell curve, I will work that bit harder. I will do those things and I will make the, take those actions so that we are in the position where we are driving other people's thoughts forward. And I think that's the stage we're all in with decarbonisation at the moment. What do you think stops some businesses from not making that investment in those kind of energy efficiency, pro-environmental measures? I think, I think sometimes people don't take the pro-environmental measures because they don't understand how to. So it's not necessarily that they don't want to make them, it's just they don't have access to them. They don't quite understand, they might not even realise that there's an alternative to the way that they're doing it at the moment. I mean, we still talk to people who send faxes. <laughs> um, and it's not a big percentage of their customers who send faxes, but they still have two or three companies that will send faxes for orders and they can't get rid of the fax machine in the corner and that's the opposite end of where we are with decarbonisation so how do we make it more uh, accessible to people how do we how do we explain it in easier terms you can't you can't grow this by beating people with a stick you can only grow it by giving people good information and getting them to to almost unpeel the onion themselves so that, yes, we've got these high rises in electricity bills at the moment, but that's really a big stick. But it does open good conversations to people. So how can you how can you move things forward? How can you help people? And people will have more open ears at the moment because of the high hikes in electricity prices. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be able to do the things that they need to in order to to be more green or reduce their carbon. I think it's money and I mean from my point of view I, I mean I had this conversation with the academics yesterday I think it's money and time and I think the governments and the councils need to be more innovative in their ideas as Sarah said beating them with a stick I, I've offered our employees a chance to plug their hybrid cars in free of charge no petrol bills and how many have done it one and the only one that did it was because he was going to buy a hybrid S anyway you know, they would all do it if they could buy a hybrid car, but it's money. People who haven't got bills to pay the increased electric bills are not going to have the money to spend 50, 100 grand on PV panels. So I think the government and councils and whoever should be more innovative about it. You know, if you, if you, if you buy an electric car and somehow they can get the money back from your, your mileage paid back to pay back the cost of the car, something along those lines... PV panels, you put PV panels on your roof. If you go through some sort of um, questionnaire and you can't afford the cash flow in your business, they, they pay for them up front. You say £5,000 a year and they put something in place like a student loan. The money you save goes straight back to the government with a bit of interest. But then who would turn that down? If somebody said you can have free PV panels, you pay out of the money you save, it shows a conviction that you will actually save that. Because if, 
if you weren't, you wouldn't do it, would you? Because the government would get the money back. But I think people need to be more innovative with their ideas of how we're going to persuade somebody with no money to do something. Because it's the reality, isn't it? If you haven't got the money, you're not going to do it, are you? I do think, though, that when you look at payback times on things like solar panels, where it's going to be 10 years or more in, in general, so you, you know, you're asking somebody to fund that up front. And we have a short-termist government system. I'm not talking about party politics, but we do not have a programme of decarbonisation that sits outside of the government, that sits outside of politics in order for that to happen. And I think you know, there, are, there are lots of other things that we should take outside of it, like the NHS, for instance. But if you look at decarbonisation and you look at the way that we buy fuel, that we use fuel, we ought to have fuel security in this country. And we could do it easily if we had a proper decarbonisation programme in place. Brilliant, thank you. I'm going to bring you guys in in, in just a moment, but I, I want to bottom a, a, a couple of points um, with Phil and Sarah as business managers and business owners. So we know that nearly seven in ten businesses don't have a clue about uh, doing a carbon footprint, how, how to measure their carbon. We also know that um, you can't manage what you, what you don't measure. And at the heart of the work that uh, we've been doing as part of the decarbonised programme, we help companies to understand their carbon footprint. From your point of view, what has been the benefit of un better understanding your carbon emissions? And what's been the effect of the, the investment that you've made on the back of that and, and, and in other ways? What's been the, the, the effects of that on your bottom line? First. I mean, for, for us, we we aim to almost produce all our own electricity. So that's £29,000 a year. I mean, that's what we spend on electricity at the moment. Again, it's simple figures. That's what we're aiming at. I think we can be somewhere close to that. So that's good. All of our, all of our environmental initiatives make us money. Once you get over it, and some of them are so easy, you know, you think, why didn't we do that before? It doesn't actually cost us anything. You know, our packaging costs have been reduced by over 80%. Why? Because we literally get a box, unpack it, check it, and put it back in the box, put a recyclable label on that costs 3p, and send it back out again. So it, it doesn't cost us anything. But the marketing people say, well, that's the wrong thing to do. You shouldn't do that. You should buy some new boxes and... But you know what? It works and it costs nothing. We recycle all our hoses. Our old hoses, we recycle them. It costs £450 to have these recycled properly and turn into play equipment flooring. Our customers pay us over £4,500 for every £450 worth of what we get rid of. It makes us money. Our electricity makes our money. Our lighting saves us. We save probably around 60-70% of our lighting costs in our stores because we don't go into three quarters of our stores during the day apart from at the end of it. So the lights are always off. So it saves us money. So the, the plus point, you know, where would I be at Tideco now if it didn't make us any money and lost us money? I wouldn't probably be sat here. I'd probably be looking for a new job. But 
it, you know, the good thing is it does make us money and it does save us money. So, it, you know, it, not only is it the right thing to do, it has helped the bottom line and it saves us money every week. Brilliant. And your staff might not know what circularity is, but they sound like they are practicing circularity. They all, yeah, they know what they know what the English word for it is. Rather, I know it's circularity. It's a great word and everything like that. But it, it, you know, it's, we need to speak in English to our people as well. The more we speak in plain English and engage with people, the people on the street. You know, uh, you know, it can be anything, can't it? You know, we, we, we're knocking pallets apart to make nest boxes for next season. You know, they understand that. It's a pallet, it's a nest box. We're planting more trees. You know, somebody at work's uh, parents died and one of the initiatives she doesn't know yet, but is, is that maybe we plant a tree for her. You know, it's, it's engaging with our employees because hopefully she will want a tree to remember her parent. But on the other side of it, we're helping the environment. So they're engaging with these ideas. And, 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 and the more we engage with our people, the better it will help. And then hopefully they take that home. And then they do the same like Sarah. I mean, she's gone the extra bit, hasn't she? Really building her own house. I'm not saying I'm expecting that anytime soon for many of my employees to build an eco house. But they take it home. They, they spread the word to the children, to the grandchildren. And it starts to get the message out. So turning to Sarah, just the same question about carbon footprinting, measuring carbon emissions and other environmental emissions and what that has done for your bottom line, if, if anything. Yes. Yeah, so at the moment, we're in that we only moved into the new offices last June. So we're still in the spend rather than the saving stage. But we have um, projections that we will have saved the money that we've spent out. I mean, we got a, a, a 40% grant, which was very useful because it gave us the it gave us the ability to do more than we would have done earlier. We didn't spend any less. We just did more with the amount of money that we had. So we've been able to change all of the lighting. We've put some. Um, we've changed the heating system uh, we've we've done all sorts of different things but as i said we you, we have done quite a lot of the fabric first things as well um we've put the uh, charge points in for two cars we've switched to electric cars so anybody that's coming into the business they will then choose electric cars from now onwards and i know that that's quite a difficult one because it's likely that in the next five to ten years that that those things will change. But right now, we've got the facility to do that. And that's made a difference to a lot of our customers because a lot of our customers work across the country and now they can drop in for a coffee and they can charge their car um, and they can plug into our network and they can just... And it's, it's so easy for them. So that's made a big difference and it makes them smile. You know, free fuel at the moment makes people smile. Um, but people have been really interested, far more interested in the things that we've done. And we've had a lot of big conversations. So having put the solar in at home recently, and we haven't put it in at work yet, but we've got the quote ready for that. Um, but having put that out onto LinkedIn, we've had a lot of people contact us about... How's it working? 
what does it really look like? And of course, we've got the apps, so we can show people the little green arrows going into, you know, how we can fuel things. So it's, it feels quite nice and it's quite easy, easy to show people. But one of our customers, who's a massive manufacturer up in Manchester, his electricity bill has gone up £145,000 projected for next year. And he said, how quickly can I get solar on my roof? Because I can't afford for my customers to pay this extra electricity. And I certainly can't afford to absorb that money into my business. So you start the conversation with small things and it soon kicks into bigger things. You said something, excuse me. You said something, I, I think within that, that's quite profound. Make it easy and make it fun. I'm going to ask the question uh, back round the table. Uh, we'll come back to, to you, Sarah, and you, you, Phil, but I'm going to come to, to Liz and Ian in particular. Given what you've heard from our guests who are running their own businesses, and knowing that in our region, the appetite for advice and support is very high, and also the appetite for a transformation to net zero is of the lowest of all the regions in in the UK. What advice do we need to be giving to businesses who want to be more profitable or at least retain their solvency whilst lowering carbon footprint? What advice should we be offering these these businesses? Liz first. Um, I would say firstly that any business, I don't think I've ever visited a business and thought, oh, there's nothing they can do. I've always come out with at least three things that are fairly significant that I can put on a report and calculate some kind of carbon savings. So whatever your, and whatever size as well, we, we actually visit some relatively small businesses like hairdressers and corner shops, um, as well as big manufacturing businesses. So right across the board, there are things that you can do. Uh, and also, whether you're a smaller or a larger business, everybody is being hit, hit by the, the cost of energy now. So smaller businesses are really struggling. So, yeah, sometimes the, you know, it might just be reducing your drafts, putting a bit of more insulation in. Some of these measures don't cost a lot you know, not as lot, uh, uh, as much as putting a, a big solar array on your roof. So, yeah, start small. Um, and actually, the first step for businesses is just look at your energy use. Take stock. What, you know, what do you even use? Where's it going? You know, how much do you use? A lot of, a lot of businesses, in, certainly in the past, have just thought, well, uh, energy, that's just, that's just something that's on the, you know, outgoing expenses thing that we just got to pay it you know bill comes in and we pay it but but actually focus on you know how much is it and and what are the key things that are using the the energy is it your heating is it your you know some bits of equipment it's really useful to drill down even just making sure that things are switched off at night so a lot of businesses now get um half hourly data and don't even look at it. So looking at your half hourly data, checking, it, it's quite easy to see. And a lot of the providers will send you plots of that data. It's quite easy to see where, 
you know, if you're leaving things on at night or there's weird little spikes, you know, go and go and see what they are. And if you're too busy, find somebody in the business. There might be somebody who's actually quite interested in this issue that you could delegate to, to have a look at it for you. Um, so, yeah, there's, there, there's so much you can do. Is your sense, Liz, that that's, it's really not a big kind of leap, a, a big step for businesses just to begin to looking at the data, the energy data? Yeah, I, I, I think that that's a great step and and businesses can do it without without too much without too much difficulty. You know, obviously we like to help businesses on this journey, but we can't help every single business. So the more they can help themselves and that, that people realise that there are things they can do, the better. And then, you know, we're 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 happy to support where we can. Uh, if anyone will fund us. I, th- I think what you said is really interesting, though, because if you look at the half-hourly data, so say I'm a business and one of my employees puts an expenses claim in at half-past 11 on an evening for a fiver every day for a year. <laughs> well, that could be the thing, <laughs> you know, that could be a spike in your electric Now, I would notice as a business owner, if an employee was putting in a five pound expenses claim at half past 11 every night. So why don't people go and have a look at their data? And I think you're I I think that's absolutely spot on. And it was just me thinking, you know, well, I wouldn't want to waste that money. And if it was another expense, I wouldn't want to waste that money. So why do we accept it when it comes through as a bill? And now is the rising rapidly rising cost of energy perhaps it's more in the forefront for for businesses to think about energy costs as they would do looking at their um their balance sheet and their kind of expenses okay let's turning to uh, i was going to say on that i we sorry tidyco we don't even look at that at all forget half hourly forget even weekly or monthly it just is what it is so just talking around this table may be one of the things we're going to look at is that because absolutely no idea what that is. Yeah, well, I think it'd be particularly interesting for you to look at your data because of all the things that you've done. So you can have, oh, this, this is how much energy we were using and then we put in our lighting. Oh, look, you know, this is what happened. And then we put on our solar. Oh, look what, you know, so your, is, yours should tell, tell a nice, it, it? should tell a nice story, your data. You should send it over. I'll have a look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're fine. Data fi- geek. <laughs> <laughs> but it is finding the people. But it's true, isn't it? You know, the things I like doing is pushing and being wherever I am. Yeah. The things I don't like doing is the, the data-y bit. The, the looking at the, the, the graphs, you know, I just think do the best you can and it will be all right. But I think it helps having different people with different perspectives. If somebody like you worked at Tideco and said to me, look, Phil, I'd love to look at the data, I'd say, carry on, do it, <laughs> do what you want, really. But, you know, and then we can look at it and improve it. And then the improved bit, yes, I can do that bit. But the actual studying the data, which is why the university are in at the moment, because I think they will be starting to look at this sort of thing. So. Mm. So it's different perspectives. And I'm sure, Phil, your financial director will be very keen to see that data, especially when you're showing up all sorts of cost savings against... Uh, the, Let's see what the, the figures look like first. Yeah, don't we'll tell him. That, yeah. <laughs> it's the other way around. Yeah. So turning to Ian, that, that question about the advice, uh, people in organisations like ours um, should, might be offering businesses 
like we've been hearing from so far? Yeah, I think obviously there's um, a range of businesses on different uh, paths and, and, and have different knowledge levels. Um, I, I totally think that some are probably a little bit overwhelmed. It's such a huge agenda. I, I do think projects like Decarbonize really work because, uh, like Liz was saying, you can go in and you can pick two or three things that can be done quite simply, uh, that can make a difference. Um, and I think... Obviously, you know, we have a wider conversations about what drives this forward. You know, um, some people do it because it, they see it as the right thing to do. Others, it's a compliance uh, um, issue for them. Others, um, you know, it's actually, you know, more than just the, the, the cost savings on energy or the reduction in energy. It's how people view that business. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of data about, you know, young people now want to work for environmentally friendly companies. And we're seeing a huge issue with people trying to recruit people. So there's that element to it. Um, I think procurement, you know, if you're in a supply chain of a large OEM, even though you might be three or four rows down, they want to know your carbon footprint. So for us, any project that can sort of demystify this, maybe give some advice and start that journey is really, really useful. Um, you know, we are seeing that there's a growth in businesses who are, are building this into their strategies. I think if you dig then into that a little bit further is then, well, you can ask the question, well, what are you actually doing? You know, like Phil was saying, he's doing it. And I think, you know, any support that can get businesses to, to sort of get projects over the line, um, we're crunching the numbers at the chamber. You know, we're in a position where where we need to, you know, we're, we're, we're behind um, how people, how businesses can cut their emissions, uh, how we can reach net zero. You know, we need to do it ourselves. You know, there's different reasons for doing that. Personally, I have a, a view that it should be something we do. It's in my nature. We might have people on the board who, who might not be in the same place. So we're going through the facts and figures and talking about return on investment for putting solar PV in. You know, the savings when you actually crunch the numbers are fantastic. You know, can you use that money then maybe to resource somebody within the organization to drive a whole, the wider ESG strategy forward? Uh, um, and then share that learning. You know, we, we need to be champions with, within the region um, and, and supporting projects like Decarbonize and some of the others in the region. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's like handing out fivers at the end of the road. People go, well, which free? I don't understand why. It's, it's been done for the right reasons. So anything we can do to keep projects like Decarbonize going, um, support businesses to understand how they can make those small changes, and again, I'm going to roll out a phrase I use quite a lot. Perfection shouldn't stop progress. Do what you can. And, and I think a lot of businesses now are really sort of looking for that, that support. Some people um, might say that being more environmentally conscious is a distraction from being profitable at a time of great economic challenge. What would you say to that argument? I think that you can't just look at the environmental side and the profitability side separately. They're, they're, they're entwined. Uh, people are now, you know, you're talking about the conscientious consumer. They, they are very particular where they spend their money. They're very particular about what companies they engage with. You know, you're looking at, um, say, the government now, any contract over five million that they have, you have to have a carbon plan in, in place. And we're going to see more of this driving towards legislation. So, you know, even, you know, if you're a, a, a naysayer on, on what's happening with the car, you know, with, with uh, you know, the rising temperatures and the environmental impact that's happening, 
if you don't get on board with this with your business, you're going to get left behind because there's a direction of travel uh, and we're moving more from the carrot to the stick. We're seeing a lot more legislation coming through. And, and if you don't work in that space or you, you haven't got support or understanding of that space, then it will impact your, your bottom line. So, you know, you may not exist in the same form you do now. So I, I, it, it's, not, it's not separate. It's not separate by any stretch of the imagination. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Low Carbon Business Podcast is brought to you by the University of Derby. Thank you to all our partners. The show is produced by Seed. Audio by Guru Music. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening to this on. To get in touch, contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to hear about your business, project or idea. Save money, protect the environment and re-energise your business. This is the Low Carbon Business Podcast.